You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 451st episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt in Minneapolis. Losing my voice as I say it. Oh, and this is Spencer out in Western Massachusetts. And guys, I know that it is only the 10th as we record this, but it feels like September has ended. Uh, really? Uh, I... Really? Yeah, Why would you say that? The the Spencer? era of SEP, uh, as we've all well lovingly done. been referring to it as September, um, over at the Volta is is I think I think it's I think it's over. I I first off I don't know about that. First off, well done, Spencer. Love it. We're gonna get to SEP cuss, but I wanna just start with a quick shout out to oh, a we've, friend we, of the f- we got bigger news. Yeah. That bigger is news. True. Fre- yeah. Friends of the podcast. Jeff Aldrich and his by far better half, uh, Sally Crouch in New Zealand. You know, our friends from the bike house, Dunedin. With right. The yeah. With the PDF. They sent us the yeah. video. It exists. P- it exists. Go to our Instagram page or our Twitter page and you can see the, the walk around. I can't believe it happened. And I want to say, okay. first off, this is the K-Van that the three of us suggested different teams to wrap it. You had the PDM. I said Kelme. Little guy said System U. Castorama. I like System U. Castorama. Castorama. Whatever. Is it Castorama. I mean, Spencer one or the wins. other from Little Guy. Spencer wins with PDM. Mm-hmm. It looks amazing. Bravo to Spencer, but bravo to Sally and Jeff for this amazing vehicle. And I cannot say it anything more that the so, Slow Ride Podcast sticker on the back of the van. Thank Spoilers. you. Amazing. That, you know, Spoilers. Don't care. If people Jeff, haven't seen this. Hey, you know what? If people haven't seen it, go on our Instagram I, I just Twitter. typed in Instagram.com slash pod, and it's right there at the top, guys. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's the la- latest post as of September 10th, the end of September. And it is amazing. <laughs> Jeff, you've earned yourself the first ever listener interview on the podcast. <laughs> Yes. It's got to be less than two minutes. But <laughs> that seems generous. I, that seems generous. I know. Uh, but Jeff, amazing. And we got more emails. We'll talk about it after the jump. We're going to get into the time of SEP. We're going to get into Vuelta talk. But kudos to our friends in New Zealand for an amazing van. Go to our Instagram or Twitter page to go check it out. It's a thing of beauty. Is is Remtober a thing? It is uh, not. Not. But... Okay. Okay. Question for I you guys. I like to rem Timber when he was in the lead. Oh. Wow. Okay. <laughs> let's let's keep these jokes going, but I gotta ask an honest question. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Ask it. We have been doing this episode. We've been doing this podcast for 450 episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently, started shortly after Chris Horner was the last American to win a Grand Tour. Yes. Now we have Sep Cuss about to win. I feel that we have a relative finger on the pulse of all things cycling in the world in America. Like enough educated fans listen to us that like we can kind of navigate the waters. Have we using their knowledge been, have we been pretty poor in building up Sep cuss over the years? I would say I have been like, I kind of (laughs) just threw him into like the other Americans in the Uh grand tours, like Nelson Paulus and others and just being like, oh, we've got a solid crop of American racers. And now we're on the precipice of an American Grand Tour winner in dominating fashion. And I don't know if the podcast has given Sep his due. And I'm, I'm more than okay to uh, admit that. Do you I, guys think that I'm being too harsh on us collectively? I think we've given him his, 
do. I think we've not saddled him with yeah. the next Lance burden. I'd like to think we were generous to not see him go up a mountain fast and say immediately, this guy's got to win all the grand tours or he's a bust, you know, like, I do think that is what separates him from most of the other, uh, uh, talented, uh, GC riders from the good old US of A, uh, over the past, I don't know, decade or two is that for whatever reason, he sort of avoided that label and, uh, because he but sort of I embraced think... the domestique role in a way that I feel yeah. like n- no other writer of his caliber uh, that's come out of the U.S. has ever seemed to embrace being a domestique in the same mm-hmm. way. Because like we yeah. all knew that like he's an amazing climber, and so far he's put together the whole race. He did a decent TT, um, yeah, like probably his best ever TT. I you just know, so it it's think... like. It's like he's actually, he didn't, he never like acted like he needed more, I guess is what it seems. Right. I mean, the formula, th- right, is like you get on a team that Lance is affiliated with, you get popular uh, via the English speaking media that, uh, you know, announces the tour, and then you transfer to Education First slash Garmin uh, at some point and become the team leader and then just don't do anything. <laughs> So riders that I feel in the time of our podcast that we've given more credit to <laughs> and time to, uh-huh. while acknowledging that Sepkus is good, but Domestique is how we've kind of pegged his efforts. That's how he pegged himself. We've definitely so. talked more. Hey, little guy, let me finish. He tricked us, to be fair. We, he, he tricked us. What is us. up with you guys interrupting today? It's weird. <laughs> Joe Dombrowski. We've talked more about Joe Dombrowski. We've talked more about Larry Walbash. Granted, Larry Walbash gets more talk just because he's on AG2R. So kind of, you know, pick your poison, Sepkus. You chose Robobank. Um, we've got Lawson Craddock. Yeah. Uh-huh. Likes to get in the break. Um, we have, like, there's definitely a lot more credit skill-wise going to, to Quinn Simmons over the years than Sepkus, I feel. I feel like that's kind of come up a lot. Yeah. You've got Magnus Sheffield, Brandon McNulty, Matteo Jorgensen. Definitely. Granted, I'm movie star, but I feel like I've talked about Matteo Jorgensen a lot more than Sepp Cuss. Uh, and Nelson Powers. Yeah. But they're also a lot like, of, they're good Sepp riders Kuss. too. You don't just throw them so under just, the bus. Yeah. I'm not throwing any of them under the bus. I'm just saying that like Sepp Cuss, I don't feel like we've been sitting here going like, now, that's going to be our next grand tour winner. I think we've probably said that about Nelson Palace. McNulty and some of these guys um, might be on par with Sepkus, I I will say. I don't think he's like leaps and bounds ahead of them. Like we we messed up, like we totally missed uh, the fact that he was rising through the ranks or something. I think the fact that second and third on GC right after him uh, Primoz Roglic and, and Jonas Vinegard, uh being on the same team definitely helps his position. Like yes. those are, those are some super domestics. Like there, we we've had domestics. We've had the term super domestic. We need something above that level. Like there needs yeah. to be like extra, extra super fantastic domestics. You know? Okay. Mm-hmm. Fair but enough. Like I just... French. I guess what I'm trying to do here is six grand Sepp, tours. Congratulations. Yeah. You're doing awesome. There, there it is. It, they're fantastiques. Fantastiques. Yeah, well done. But anyway, Remco said that he didn't see Sepkus as the, as the enemy, <laughs> as his the biggest worry for well, Remco's quest to another grand tour win. Walt well, of uh-huh. defense. Yeah, well, he wasn't. And it was Remco's own. Then legs. he proceeded to lose twenty-five minutes on the Tourmalet to him, and then immediately redemption the next day with a stage win. So love how Remco got back on the uh, the Floyd Landis wagon. How much whiskey was in that bus the next day? So I was talking about that because yeah, it's a great Which part story do we want to talk arc. About? No, but that, that's I. I mean, that is so like ingrained in cycling. Like a GC guy loses a bunch of time, and the next day. Mm-hmm. They come out swinging mm-hmm. for the stage win, and it doesn't always work, but they get close or they win, and it's such a weird. It made you guys feel weird too. It always makes me feel weird. I always want them to have at least one more day where they're maybe a little bit off the pace before this happens. Otherwise, I start feeling like 
you know what I mean? You, you know what I mean. I start feeling. I yeah. I don't want to throw accusations, but I didn't watch that stage, but I did have to go uh, search out some highlights just to make sure he wasn't like pouring water bottles over his head all day or anything else because it really did feel like a history repeat right there. He's pouring water bottles on Bardet because they were they were in the break <laughs> together, and there's there's shots of him. He, they were sharing a sharing like a fan bottle, and he he poured some on you know. Or there whatever. you go. Or Bardet poured on him. I don't know. Anyway, water was poured. I'm just saying it's a weird thing, and it's cycling has so tainted my brain that I can't take anything good without a huge, yeah. huge pinch of salt. Well, let's get to the next <clears throat> conversation that I feel needs to be had. You know what? If you want to mark me as enemy number one, at least I'm asking the questions. <laughs> First oh, time in wait. 10 years. Last can't time an American wait. won the Grand Tour, yeah. Chris Horner, uh-huh. wins, does not get a contract the next year. I, I, maybe he does, and he goes to, like, what was that, Argonne Gas or whatever? Yeah, he went to the gas, <laughs> the gas team. Yeah, you and basically he, didn't get it. And, <laughs> and then he's throwing his bike at the last Philly pro race. Mm-hmm. Sepkus dominating. One, two, three with his teammates, the, the super fa- fan- fantastiques that we just named. This team goes back to 1990, mm-hmm. all the way back to the word perfect team. And let's not forget the 10 to 15 years of Rabobank, the team of Thomas Decker, Levi Leipheimer, many other. Mm-hmm. How much of his win is going to be tainted by the... <laughs> uh... Well, Let's ask the question. But has Roglic's has Roglic's wins and has Vingard's tours been that tainted? I don't feel like I feel like it's come up, but it hasn't been that big a I, thing. I, I mean, I've been like. asking the question since you know, <laughs> ever since the country the size of New Mexico can produce like eight of the world's greatest athletes. Like, still kind of shocks me is a little strange. But Tim's you know, all, you're I all about the the accusation tonight. I like it. Um, I mean, am I? I don't know. I I think uh, I don't know what so many of these teams. I mean. Movie stars got Moss and Fifth, and we know they got some dodgy stuff going on in the 1980s. So, on that oh, team, I'm not so. saying that I'm not biased in like what I'm doing here. Like, yeah, this is not. I mean, let me be very clear. I'm not like uh, like the duality of man. I'm I'm all for cheering for doped up athletes as long as I like them. Is obviously <laughs> like my problem, right? Because I'm a huge Valverde fan. Yeah, yeah, Quintana has been uh, hanging out in, on uh, some of the stages yeah. too, shaking hands. So uh, Timmy's dreams could come true again. So I don't know, man. The last positive test on this team was uh, June fourteenth. That was for Michael Hessman. Don't even know who that was. <laughs> Tim's really, but he's a, he's a, relatively there. Yeah, he. he <laughs> but that test came out just a couple of weeks ago. It came out right before the yeah. the the race. So that. That was pretty fresh. You're right, Tim. That's pretty fresh, dopey news out of the team that now has one, two, three in the race and has won the last two Grand Tours. So, I don't know, man. The you guys are the just director all of sport team. Negative the Nancy's <laughs> over here bringing me down off you my are? high. Uh, I've I've been living it up for September. Do you remember? You said it was the over. The 21st night of September when Sepkus became the next American to win a Grand Tour. No, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. you don't. You, you just said at the beginning that it, the, the September was <laughs> over, so that you were implying the third week he's going to lose it. What do you think? You think he's going to hold it out in this third week? Because I, looking at the profiles, which I know you have not done, don't even pretend like uh, absolutely. Yeah, I know absolutely we're on stage 15. Unlike Tim, I, I I know that things can change dramatically in the last week of a Grand Tour, uh, which is why there is th- the third week. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> even though it should be two weeks, they just chop the first week off, not the yeah, last yeah. week. But anyway. Here, here's what I'll um, say about the third week. It's very SEP friendly. Stage 16 is like nothing. I want him to win. There's a climb. 17, 18, huge mountain stages. 19, they do nothing. It's just sprint stage. And then 20, I got to say, the Volta really organized a nice penultimate stage because the 21st stage is in Madrid. This stage is all, it's like four or five cat three climbs. It's the perfect, like, on paper, you're like, ah, it's climbing, but it's not too bad. But it's the perfect, like, some guys 50 seconds down 
and the uh-huh. ambush attack, and like everyone's way too tired. It's very final stage of Perry Nice in the like, this isn't uh, that big a deal, uh, but we're all completely exhausted. I, you I'm looking know forward exactly to what it. you're doing. This is this is unfair. I mean, the real. The I'm real saying there's a good chance is... that the team that that well, Team Robble Bank. I'm sorry, yeah. Team WordPerfect has to switch leaders on the last day. Yeah, yeah. But it's well, but little, they're still gonna guy. go one, two, three, maybe one, two, four. He may not no. win it. But come on. Now, little guy did ask me if I thought Sepp Cuss would win. And I've heard Tim say he thought Sepp Cuss would win. I don't know what yes. little guy. Are you casting doubts here, little guy? Are you saying he's not going to be able to? Or are you saying it uh, is Sepp friendly, so you think he will? I think it's pretty Sepp friendly until that 20th stage. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the, the three, we have three, like, Okay, so stage 16 just has kind of a climb at the end that's not super long. It's like uh-huh. 5-ish K. But uh, 17, 18 are very climby. He's going to do good. He'll get through the flat day. I feel yeah, like that 20th stage will be... I'm just saying the 20th <laughs> stage will be tough. Because okay. somebody... There's like f- five, you hear this, four... Tim? You hear no, I, ask him a direct I, question I feel like it's the same oh, thing again. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm, very, I don't know I'm saying there's a lot of Spanish his, guys like, close to the podium. It's impressive. One of those guys has to get on the podium. For uh-huh. Spanish honor here, get uh-huh. the Jumbo Boys off, not the one, two, three. So there'll be a uh-huh. sneak uh-huh. attack on that last day. It's uh-huh. gonna put some pressure and set my crack a little bit. Roglic will step forward. So you think he won't? Well, now this puts me in a pickle because I thought both of you guys were in agreement that he would, which I means w- that I naturally have to oppose you and say he will not. I want him to. I just think that it's it's a tall order. We yeah. all Tim. remember, Tim remembers when Nozal or whatever, Onse put him into the leader's jersey and then they they tried Certainly to get him to win not. it. Okay. And, and <laughs> Little guy, that I'm didn't gonna, work. I'm going to mute you. I'm going to mute you at this just point. Just mute it. You cut him off. Yeah. He's, he's so, had enough of the floor. Tim, I'm oh afraid goodness. that after 451 episodes of this podcast, we are breaking new ground tonight where I am going to side with you against Little Guy on this topic. I think Sepp has got it in the bag. I think he's going to crush it. I'm excited to see him do it. Uh, so, I don't think there's a way that he can drop the ball here. September is his. Um, well, we just listened for four minutes. The repeat, at least six same minutes. Same argument. More than that, and, yeah. And what little guy failed to talk about, thank God yeah. I have my mute, is the he's final stage. I can see him. The final <laughs> stage in Madrid. This is the one thing that could cause a problem for Sepkus. So the Vuelta, you may remember, started in Barcelona where they had a time trial at night. Yeah. The next day, like it was just chaos in the busiest cities. Now they're in Madrid. Famously, the trains run a little bit more on time in Madrid. (laughs) Yeah, not very busy there. Yeah, yeah, they they run things a little bit tighter there. Um, But hmm. Madrid... It's going to be a disaster there. That could be the problem for um, Sepp Cuss. No, no, no. That no. that they don't have, you know, the barricades now, up. Okay, now it could I'm, come seeing, back. I'm hearing the same thing from you. You've been this influenced could be a disaster. by Fox News little guy over here, giving <laughs> you news. pumping across the fake news about this stage 20 debacle, and Madrid is all out of... You... <laughs> I've just been <laughs> gaslit here by, by Tim the Super Rookie, uh, saying he was all in for SUP, and now he yeah. just spent another 10 minutes yeah, I'm so telling sorry. me how it's not going to happen. This is how it starts. You start love, going down the rabbit hole. Yeah. The things you're, are just bad. I it's, apologize. It's, uh, Save me. It's, it's cussing on over there, uh, and I am just I am appalled. Let me tell you how it's going to happen. Stage 19, little guy dismissed <laughs> as flat stage, only, only for sprinters. Nothing going to happen. I tell you what, the Jumbo Boys... They know how to ride those crosswinds. They know what's going to happen. A flat stage, you can gain lots of time there. And guess what? Nobody's going to be thinking uh, they're going to try and gain some time on this flat stage. No, nobody's going to think about it. They're going to create some separation. They're just going to ride away to a little 45-second, 50-second gap and just pad those numbers a little bit uh, and ride that podium train all the way spot on time into Madrid, as Tim said. All right. Um, so both of you guys are wrong. And uh turns out, again, history will prove me correct. Yeah, I hope that that is actually the case. <laughs> um, I, You know what? I really want Sepkus to win. 
incredible flip flop, Tim. I, I just like kudos. Like, yeah, well, yeah. Um, well, the Vuelta for the most part has been a great race. Should end, but oh, it's, you, uh, it's been uh, a great. Uh, you can unmute, unmute little guy now. All right, go ahead, little guy. I don't. I think the Vuelta has been a great race for the most part, and uh, you know, I it should have been two weeks, but other than that. <laughs> It's been good. Whoa. Okay. It's also been very much. What's going on here? Hang yeah. on. Who knows? Um, a little guy of these three Spaniards, there are four: Landa, Soler, Mass, and Ayuso, mm-hmm. UAE. Which one's going to spoil the Jumbo Visma one, two, three? If it's going to happen, uh, Ayuso. I mean, he's the closest, and he's. The best Soler is going to crack. Landa is going to Landa. Moss is. You gonna... don't think Moss has a chance? Nah. If it, he, Moss needs like just a... for movie star yeah. feels pretty good to me. Yeah, I think he could move up, but I don't think he can get the podium. Though he does seem to be in good spirits. He's riding really well, and he's like really smiley lately. So maybe. You know. I so know. other. Uh, I mean, cool. Volta, it's going well. <laughs> Chaos, the final week. Let's go watch it. Best of luck to Sepkus. I mean, yes. Best of luck. Fingers. We're close. on the. Uh, the we're, we're, on, we're on the cuss, if you will. We're on the yes. and, um, All for uh, Sepkus here on the podcast, even though I feel like it's taken us a really long. Like I feel we've always been fans, but we've never like acknowledged that he's a great. I mean, you're well, trying to fill in the backstory. You know, yeah. you're try- I, I get it. Saying. I see what like, you're doing. Let's let's not forget, Tim. I feel like you're forgetting. There was a stage where Sepkus was up the front, I think at the tour, I don't remember, and Valverde was chasing him. And you know that was hard because we were like, hey, new American hope, that would be great for everybody. The old Mm -hmm. man is coming. And Kuss ended up winning that stage. And I know that it was hard for us. I know we had a little cry in the green room, whatever time that was, and it was hard for us to come to terms with it and try to put a a a strong face on it. Speaking... Speaking of old men, Rui yes. Costa taking the there you go. For Good. Uh, I knew this was coming. Yeah. How about uh, that? Did you see this sprint? This final K. It was so good. It was so good. It was all experience. This was. There's a reason. And there's a reason Rui Costa has those stripes on the mm-hmm. ends of his uh, armbands, <laughs> and it's because he's always been. A pretty crafty, savvy rider, and boy, howdy, did he show those guys what's up <laughs> in the finish? Seven yeah. riders older than Roy Costa um, <laughs> in the tour in the Volta. Guessing, yeah. Garrett Thomas, uh, LL Sanchez, Jose Harada, um, the oldest I... Daniel Navarro, forty years old. Yeah, Navarro is wow. up there. Every time I look at, up at Sanchez's age, which is at least two times a year, I'm still surprised <laughs> he's younger than me. Because it's like I feel like the first time I ever watched a race, he was up there. You know, watch like we had to go to the bar to watch it on OLN or something. It's like blows my yeah. mind. But yeah, I, old yeah. man experience, 36 I, to, to be 36 I, again, you guys. So young. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Peak Tim right there. I feel like <laughs> Rui Costa. As a former world champion, as a current uh, uh, stage winner at a Grand Tour, um, you know, on a scrappy underdog team like Intermarche Wanti, with some of the best kits in the peloton, is kind of making a strong case for being the new kind of slow ride old man favorite. Even though there are seven older riders than him, it just means we've got more time to really lean into it. You know? Yeah, definitely the gray jersey. Like um, let's see who is winning the gray jersey amongst like, them all. I feel Kirk. I feel like he could be a, a pretty suitable Valverde replacement as a yeah. You know, so, currently I don't see that he has another contract though. I think he went to uh, to Wanti on a one year deal, but he's he's come through for them. I would be very disappointed in them if they do not resign him because he is yeah. he's pulled a bunch of wins for him this year. And a grand tour stage win, I think you that you should be writing that contract up for next so, year. So Wout Poles is first place at thirty five. Wout Poles, uh twenty twenty first place, thirty five years old. So that's your uh, forty nice. minutes down for the gray the gray jersey. 
uh, for going there. So. Hey, he was close on anyway, the stage um, and won one of the tour. Now, good, good job, old man. As we've talked about, while many people are watching Remco getting dropped like a bad habit by our number one cyclist, Sepp Cuss. <laughs> the real heads were putting their mind and their eyes into Quebec, Canada, for oh. the two state okay. to the two one day races on the World Tour calendar. Um, first up, we had Michael Matthews going to be going for the win on Friday. Little guy, how did that end up? Came really close. It looked uh, good, and then Arnaud Delis or whatever came charging from so far back. If you haven't seen this Quebec sprint, uh, watch the last K or two because you will never see Delis until <laughs> right toward the end. You? And you'll go back and you'll be like, he was like 20 riders back, but he just bossed the sprint. Um, nice. I was a little sad, but also I, I kind of like seeing Delis win because he's such a like, he's kind of like so a it- force of nature when he's sp- only dude sprinting on the on the tops. On the hoods. Everybody else is in the drops. It's an uphill yeah. sprint. He is on the hoods. Looks like he's going to rip his bike in half. He's throwing this thing around so much. Wins by wins by enough in the sprint coming from 20th that they gave him a second gap. Whoa. That's a beast of a sprint. And then he's so exhausted. He does sort of a Matthew Vanderpool where he gets off his bike. He takes. He just sort of like falls down it looks like he hits his head on the ground even as he does it he does such a matthew vanderpool finish like flop uh it's what all the kids are doing these days it was good it was a good finish so so that was day one now on friday looks like matthews ended up getting third place there and then today they go to montreal so Hmm. both races are in their uh baker's dozens they're both on or sorry they're the 12th run next year will be the 13th for the baker's dozen so the 12th and this, um, the Montreal race is pretty awesome because it actually goes up Mount Royale. Now, little guy, you and I know Mount Royale quite well. We've done an alley cat up Mount Royale. A yearly, um, see, this is what I like too. Yeah, yearly yeah. tradition. Almost the twelfth time we've done this segue. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> what was interesting here is that they also did announce the route for the six uh, for the twenty twenty six World Championships that are taking place in Montreal. I think that that might be the next time that the Slow Ride Podcast goes and visits a world championship. <laughs> we'll be in Montreal because I don't think we're going to Rwanda. And I don't know where next year Harder. is. It's probably in where is it? Oh, I don't know where next year is. It's yeah, in probably Europe Belgium somewhere. or something, Stephen. Yeah. Um so anyway <laughs> just yeah. throwing them under the bus. Yeah. Anyways, Montreal they did announce it. It's going to be going back up Mount Royale. It's going to relive Eddie Merckx's glorious run in the 70, or 76 when he won the Tour, the Giro, and the World Championships. Or was it the Olympics? He might have won the Olympics. Um, anyways, we're going to go uh, watch it. But Adam Yates takes the win three seconds over Pavel Sivakov. And Alex Aaron Buru of Movistar in third place in Montreal today. Um, little guy, did you watch that race? I turned it on right after it finished, and then I went back and watched the last 10K. <laughs> I The thing I'm always struck by Montreal is that even though Montreal is what kind of the most European big city in, in North America, uh, the roads are still America-wide. <laughs> and are they? It just looks weird. Watching... You know, like after watching so, we just most 99% of the races are in Europe. Like Quebec is still, it just looks, the roads are smaller in the in the, in the the part of the old town and, and it sort of feels similar. But watching parts of Montreal, they're on these like really wide streets and it's yeah. weird. The rider, it just you, makes it look more like a crit sometimes. Kind of weird. But, you know, good job, yeah. Yates. Hmm. Well, it's pretty, pretty cool to see. I love that they keep those races going. I'm trying to link up with the Maryland Cycling Classic. Yeah, keep people great. over here so you can get a couple oh. weeks of weekends of racing going. That'd be exciting. Um, and just to uh, just to fill in the gap here, uh, Road Worlds 2024 is in Zurich. Zurich, Ooh. Zurich, climbing. Nice. We're gonna get some. That's cooler than Belgium. Um, <laughs> did I? I guess coming up after this little guy. Uh, after uh, the Volta's done, it's uh, Lombardia, which means that we're also coming up to those like races that, that you always want to talk about. So yep. oh, no. continue that bit of yep. the Italian I'm, fall classics. Yeah, I'm, I'm working. I'm deep. 
I got the red string out. I'm I'm connecting the dots. The Italian classics are coming. Uh, look for my Italian classics preview to drop a weekly uh, coming up, much to the annoyance of you two. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Well, um, let's get to uh, this week's premlap. But before we do, I want to give a shout out to all the folks of Morocco. There's obviously some racing that always happens there um, with what's going on with the earthquake and some cancellations coming up, including Tour de Morocco. Uh, it's right around the corner and other uh, UCI 1.2s and 2.1s um, on the calendar. But let's get into this week's premlap. I'm Lotte Kopecki, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, here we are in the premlap. Give a quick shout-out to the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to wideanglepodium.com, where you can find out about independent cycling media. Major shout-out to Rob Kelly, who continues to investigate, report on all things Criterium Racing in the United States. Head over to both his Instagram and check out the podcast. Once again, that's Criterium Nation, one of the um, shows on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Yeah, absolutely. They're crushing it. Uh, Grodio continues to crush it with the gravel scene coverage. And, of course, uh, Cyclocross Radio is, uh, is crushing it with the coverage and really ramping up into their season, of course, the bread and butter uh, of that podcast for cross season. Um, so if you are like most of us, uh, a little behind, uh, uh, on your training on prep for cross season, um, uh, head on over to wideanglepodium.com, check out cycle cross radio and get yourself back in form. All right. And with that, let's get back to the show, including an overflowing slow ride podcast mailbag. everybody and uh yeah enjoy your story podcast all right guys here we are the mailbag is here remember you can always email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com where all of your emails are gratefully received the week started out strong when we got the email from jeff with the k van that is completely wrapped on talk, uh, we talked about it at the top, but I do just want to say, Spencer, that thing looks way better than I thought it would. It looks way better than I expected it to look, even, and I had high expectations. And certainly, it looks better than a Kelme wrap. I will, I can't. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I, you know, I was just testing. Yeah. I've actually uh, gotten to. So I showed okay. the I showed the van to Sarah, and Sarah's like immediate was like, "All right, when are we getting one?" And I was like, "Oh, okay, this is awesome." And then I'm like. You know, I don't even think I would put a Kelme rack up, wrap on mine, but I think we are going to do a vote for which one to go on. Um, I, the way, reason to. I brought up System U earlier oh. is like the System U one could actually look really cool with how good that the yeah. PDM with the well, way that the racing now, strikes go. If you like, were to buy a van and we were to all nominate things for it and it goes to a vote, yeah, little guy, you're with me. But like, there's no way we're giving him System U or anything. That it's Castorama <laughs> again, right? <laughs> Like you're voting, I'll, Cast- I'll give you're myself nominating Castorama. I'm nominating Castorama. <laughs> Tim can nominate whatever he wants, okay. and the people will vote, and it will be Castorama. You're going to put pants on that van. <laughs> <laughs> but which way do the pants go? Uh, well, that's up to the like I mean, designer. You got to look up. Out. Yeah, look up the classic <laughs> team car. Yeah, see, I, I definitely want that. I also, I mean, we had the whole U.S. Postal t- team one, and that really is hilarious oh, to man. me too. I kind of want. Tim after Ryder Brown in the U.S. Postal <laughs> Service. That could, be, that could be a federal offense, I think. Yeah, I'm not doing That's that. The like, I, That's I the trouble. That's the trouble. I do think that yeah. you do get the veto power, um, but I, the Kelme would not look as good as that PD, PDM. I just the Castorama. I'm worried about like how do you put the pants on the car? System yeah. U's got the the way that the stripes would go. Um, there's a couple of others that we'll talk. But enough about me and my non-existent car. Let's talk about the actual van that matters. Uh, what Jeff was able to do with the uh, the slow ride pod shout at the back QR code. I, I don't even know where the QR code goes, but I hope it goes to a smiling picture of the three of us. Um, just like 
Like, has anybody checked to see if our listeners listenership has gone up in uh, yeah. New Zealand? <laughs> I'm sure it's through the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's through the um, roof. Did get an email. Uh, this one comes to us. Uh, well, let me just read it. Should I divorce Jeff with the van? <laughs> uh oh. So, as I drove home today after a day full of toddlers and then biochemistry, I saw a strange sight. I thought it was a cleaning crew, a plumbing service, maybe some Sparkies, which is New Zealand's slang for electricians. But no, this was no business van. It was the Japan van. Yet when I walked in, the house was amazingly dog-free. I had expected Jeff to say, surprise, honey, this is the gummy bear, our new new family dog. I have been told the must be included in our dog's legal name. But no, nothing. So now I ask you, as gentlemen with life experience, should I divorce Jeff? (laughs) Or would I just be setting myself up to finding another man with a ridiculous van and no dog? Please advise. Alternatively, please contact Golden Retriever Breeders in Dunedin on Jeff's behalf. Perhaps it just slipped his mind. The home address for dog delivery is 712 High... P.S. When I told my potentially ex-husband Jeff that I was sending our address, he said, no, they will read that out loud. To which I replied, good. We will receive many dogs from all the listeners who have followed your antics and understand what is rightfully owed. But it should be noted that we probably only have the capacity for six or seven dogs at most. Sally Aldrich, Sally Aldrich, Asterix, Aldrich for now. Oh, that's... (laughs) Jeff, That's you better great. go get the dog. Jeff, yeah, you should have had the dog in the in the passenger seat, just smiling when you pulled yeah. in. That the, the dog needs to be yeah. there. I'm but pretty sure. Naming the dog the gummy bear yeah, is great. To get yeah. the dog. Um hopefully the dog's in the mail or something. Um <laughs> oh, I yeah. mean, I don't know about that, but yeah, yeah. I mean Figuratively the, speaking. <laughs> Sally, let's be honest though. We are we are men of great life experience on this podcast. We are all completely jealous of the PDM K van. So yeah, there's like, there's there's a couple and, things here that 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 definitely need to be addressed. Well, let One, me start. Is that whoever is not driving gets to be on the passenger side? Which I don't know if New Zealand drives on the wrong side of the road. I think they, they drive on the. They do. Oh, never mind. Yeah, I was gonna say because then that even adds way more fun. I mean, the wrong the side, side to, of the road. The wrong side to us. So yeah. There's no yeah. way to not have fun driving around in that van. So yeah. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Um, the, the, the non-dog is an oversight. It, it sh- certainly should have been, maybe it's at the shop. Maybe it's got, you know, <laughs> getting a bow put on and everything. Uh, dog shop. Hold out hope. Hold out hope, Sally. But a couple of issues uh, I see right away is uh, with divorce. And I'm, I'm going to be defending... Not defending Jeff here for not getting a dog, but I'm going to defend a, or, or, or advise against divorce at this point. And just hear me out. You've already got a promise of a dog. If you get a divorce, you got to start over from square one. Yeah. <laughs> right? You've already got, I, 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 the dog is, you know, in the mail, so to speak. Um, the other problem is, you know, you remarry, whatever. Uh, I, I don't know how to break it to you, but every middle-aged uh, guy's dream is just to buy a weird van. So it's going to happen again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Like, <laughs> there's, it, it's going to happen again. Why relive this trauma? Um, I think stick it out and, and, and let the dog, let the gummy bear ease your pain. Yeah. Can it I could be worse. Just, the next guy could be big kelme fan oh god could you <laughs> can imagine just, can being I just married say, to a kelme fan oh uh, my god worst. um <laughs> sally the execution that jeff was able to put together it's not like there's to be able to draw up this van mm-hmm. perfect pantones person mm-hmm. perfect angles of the lines mm-hmm. it's a thing of genius um i'm sure jeff got a lot of help from the folks at the bike house in dunedin but man Awesome, but thanks for the emails. With, Keep it together. That, Jeff's, a, Jeff's a keeper. Yeah, with that kind of attention to detail, you know the dog. It's certainly like he's. It's probably taking long because he's got to get the best dog. You know, you don't want you don't want a crappy dog. 
uh, you know, you you want a dog that's gonna show up Plus, in a there's tuxedo. All types of, there's all like, types of quarantine in New Zealand to get a dog in there. Sure, like, sitting at the airport. Sure, like this dog's gonna greet you by name. You know, like this dog's <laughs> gonna be professional. Um, <laughs> this dog's gonna be professional. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the dog from American Flyers. Eddie, could be. <laughs> All right, uh, next email, potato side. Hey, guys. Last weekend, I watched the Maryland Cycling Classic so that you didn't have to. Uh, But when I heard last week's podcast, I felt obligated to weigh in. Our potato man may have gotten fifth, but that was after he was brutally attacked by his own teammate, Skelmuse. Admittedly, Tom's amazed and confused the announcers by taking a flyer out of the five-man break with about 18 miles to go and never got more than 30 seconds on him. But that's not important. He was alone without water or any form of starch when his teammate bridged up and brought the others with him. <laughs> at which point, Skelmoose dropped all of them and Tom's later went off the back. Like uh, the true champion he is, Tom's blew kisses to the crowd and crossed the line while they cheered and welcomed him home to greater ovation than given to the backstabbing winner from the <laughs> use, use, usually peaceful nation of Denmark. All the best from Arizona, Chris. So, Chris, thanks for the recap, but that is what happened yeah. in the Maryland Cycling Classic. Uh, congrats to Tom Skewens for still getting fifth. Uh, I can't believe be he caught. didn't bring him starch. That's, yeah, that's to be thing. caught without starch? Uh, just uh, Cycling pockets are perfect for tater tots, Tom. So I know you know this. There's more than enough room in the tater tot uh, yeah. wagon. Uh, Jesse hits us up. Could peak super rookie have kept up with Remco on the tourmalade today? <laughs> Jesse oh. reads. Mm. Oh, Jesse, mm. beautiful. Quandary. Beautiful. Yes, indeed. Oh. Peak Tim going up the tourmalade with Remco. Mm. <laughs> Not a climber, if I remember. Now, it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago, and we don't have power files that we can compare. There's no evidence, yeah. Ooh, I don't know. It would have been pretty tough for me to keep up with them. You know, I'll take my L's when I'll take my L's. I don't think I, even in that situation, I could have um, hung with Remco, but... Yeah. I mean, he was pretty cracked, Tim. I know, yeah. but... He looked Have you ever seen rough. me going up the tourmalade? No, certainly no. not, because you'd have you'd have been going up yeah. in an ambulance yeah. or something. Uh, yeah, I don't think anybody's <laughs> ever going to see it happen. So you know, let's be honest here. Absolutely not. Peak Super Ricky would not have been able to uh, make it. Um, Jeff Diefenbach, uh, as a parrot head who was able to see Jimmy Buffett perform in five different decades, I was thrilled to learn. That is also a massive. That Matt is also a massive fan of his music and entertainment. On the off chance that this is new to you, I have found me a home. Includes the following lyrics: My old red bike gets me around to the bars and the beaches of my town. Yeah. No doubt, the old red bike is a Panasonic track bike, blinged out in gold. <laughs> Godspeed, Jeff. Probably was. No doubt, indeed. <laughs> Living that Florida lifestyle, you know, you know, Jimmy was uh, one step ahead of Super Rookie. (laughs) Certainly. Oh yeah. I don't. Jimmy seems like the kind of guy that would have been like, I'm not riding any gear bigger than uh, maybe thirty nine sixteen or something. Like it just feels like he just he probably would. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably he's probably living that Rivendell lifestyle. But Robin Spencer, I've listened to you long enough to remember episode three ninety nine. But at that point, I hadn't listened to you long enough to know not to look for episode 400 and restart my phone <laughs> thinking my app had a glitch. Longest time listener, first time emailer. This is actually the first time I've ever emailed a podcast, but I needed to say that the first time I listened to you guys, I thought that the Criterion Nation outro was Spencer trolling the intensity and overdramatic Strava-obsessed Criterion <laughs> Criterium culture, not Rob Kelly hyping Criterion Nation. Which, given people's suspicions that Spencer and Rob are the same person, I don't feel bad that until episode 450, I still wasn't sure if it wasn't Spencer trolling crits. I say this as someone who loves to ride fast and loves what Rob says, but in Spencer's voice. Uh, <laughs> I just maybe. don't hear it, but man, it's just it's deep I've never seen them in the same room at the same time. That is true. Yeah, that's that true. true. Maybe... 
I'm going to have to contact Rob. Maybe we can do a little uh, flip-flop episode thing for like Halloween or something where he comes on this show, but he just talks. He just pretends to be me and I do his show. Now, I would like to hear you know. do. I would like to hear you do a whole Criterium Nation on your own. I would like that. Oh, I could do it. I'll just put on my best Roman Mars and uh, I'll just crush it. It'll be All awesome. Right. There's lots I'm of, lots of drama. This. There's a lot of drama in Criterium racing. You're gonna have to uh, keep up with it, though. It's um, just it's about the pacing, really. He's he's just got a different pacing cadence, uh, you know, and. Getting through the corners at top speed is really, you know, cadence is important. That is Dear true. Slow Ride, me again in real world time. It's September 2023. Button <gasps> Warren back. works his way through the Slow Ride back catalog no. time. It's oh, January 2023. When you answered my question about socks, episode 418 for you keeping score, thanks for your sage advice. Here's another question, and I'm willing to wait six months or so for an answer. The word domestique. Is it my imagination or is that term falling out of favor? Are Uh, rioters tired of being referred to as servants? Or are there so many more roles for rioters not contending to win an overall stage race that the word domestique no longer makes sense? Or am I just listening to the wrong commentators? Keep up the amusing and occasionally astute analysis. Cheers. Warren. How does he do it, boys? We just this episode came up with Fantastiques to replace Domestiques. And here he is in the past telling us what the future will be. It's amazing. I don't know how Warren does this. Real time traveler. But P.S. There's a P.S. The last time I wrote... I compared my listening progress to a GC rider who've done 80 or 100K of a Vuelta stage alone. And you concluded I had been wrong about the reference. I have done some more <laughs> looking it up and realized I was right. Except it wasn't 80 or 100K. It was 50. And it wasn't the Vuelta. It was the Tour. And it wasn't a GC rider. It was Caleb Ewan. Stage 13, 2022. So yeah, right. I Except wrong in every detail. So now you're asking, what kind of person would go to this kind of trouble to defend a nine-month-old metaphor? Mm-hmm. I think you have your answer. And I'm still waiting for episode 400. Warren. All right. He's going to get there one day. Yeah. <laughs> he'll get there. Man, two emails, too, about episode 400, boys. It's, we've been putting it off for a long time. I think we have to talk about it. That we're never gonna do it, or what? What are we gonna talk about? Yeah, I think yeah. we drop episode four hundred with five hundred. Mm-hmm. Only one more year. <laughs> That'll really mess people up if we uh, get to four ninety nine, and then the next well, one's four hundred. I love yeah. getting emails from uh, Warren and and the rest of our listeners. So sweet to see. And you make sure you email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail where all of your emails are gratefully received. Um, little guy. Do have a quick question for you. It's been a little okay. while since we checked in. You okay. had a pretty busy weekend. And Minneapolis oh, was just named by People for Bikes the number one biking city in America. Really? <laughs> yes. You have yeah. around you some of the best bike infrastructure in the world. I just oh, visited. Good. And I will say, it has stepped up its game in the, in the 10 yeah. years since I was last there. It's night and it's, day difference. It's when so I go good. there... When I go there, I sit here and I'm like, people complain about this. People yeah, complain no. about being able to take your kid to ride wherever they want safely. Uh, I wouldn't say that. On bike boulevards. That. It's amazing. Not possible. <laughs> really. um, there is a lot of more infrastructure than there used to be, but there's a lot more uh, terrible, terrible drivers, I feel like, everywhere. Mm. Um but yeah, I was camping this weekend and it, we had like group campsites. So there was 10 kids and they could just ride their bikes around. And it was great to not have to police uh, little Tamboon and Tamboonin's uh, zone of freedom for once since I live between two busy streets. And I. You let them get into zone three, is what you're saying. I let them get into zone three, which was good because we've got to try to find that sweet spot. I had uh-huh. uh, had them. Had him wearing a heart rate monitor all weekend. I uh, got a power meter on the bike. I didn't yeah. know you get a power meter that small. Did you have the remote computer like Vodders? And you're like, ah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Tom Boone and so Tom was, Boone, it's already its own four. Yeah. Yeah. It's looking good. I like to do these group camps because otherwise it doesn't want to do the intervals. But yeah, since sure. all the other kids are going around, you know, it's, it's, um, end up doing the intervals and then we can get back on just the school commute to do that zone one all week. And then by mm-hmm. race day, you know, he's feeling, feeling good again. Perfect. Table. But no, in all seriousness, uh, yes, I'm sure we probably have it really good here, but it does, it feels much worse riding around here than it did. Like then even it, four or five years ago, everything feels more dangerous. I mean, just like I've said in the past, just, bus drivers, the bus drivers are back, man. And it's, yeah, I know, no, but that has to be more drivers now, yeah. too, right? Like it's not just the bus drivers, although that's no, a big it's problem. true. It's, but it's, it's the regular more, drivers, but the default yeah. speed limit in Minneapolis is 20 miles an hour. There's some cities that still have default yes. speed limits of 35 miles they an hour. They like did write that are, down, but nobody <laughs> does that. I mean, yeah. look, but it's I still am something not one that for overtime. Yes, but maybe I don't know how. How do you how do you change something like the speed limit thing? Because I will say I do not would probably help. Enforcement would help, but especially in Minneapolis, historically, enforcement of any sort of traffic things has has fallen predominantly on cops just pulling over people of color yeah, and harassing yeah. them. And I do not want that. But I do not also want people like driving like 50 miles an hour down the three lane one-way streets which shouldn't mm-hmm. exist because you it's easy to drive 50 yeah. miles an hour on them and so like that's, yes that's it's 25 miles it. an hour but like nobody does it man to, to answer I'm tim's question like that's how you fit there are uh i've talked yes. about it before but there's some great youtube resources uh people should check out if they're unfamiliar um not just bikes is a great channel that really breaks down kind of the urban planning from a Mm-hmm. from a bikey point of view. Um, but the the way to make them adhere to a, a, a speed limit of 20 miles an hour or something is to fix the streets, right? So that yeah. it's not possible 100%. to go f- faster you than that. And then you, you don't have need those, the enforcement, you know? You shouldn't have those four four lane one ways that you right. have in oh, a yeah. city little guy. It totally works. overnight. Um, but yes, you know, you've got no, it pretty it is, nice when you can go to the. Green it is guys. a lot better. It is a lot better. I agree. I no. I it is hard sometimes to see that here because it does feel kind of dangerous and like yeah. I don't want to ride to the park five blocks away with my kid because uh-huh. we have to cross multiple busy That's fast straight, streets. You, yeah, because they have to cross but, Cedar too, right? I don't have to cross Cedar, but like if I go to the park for me, you know, I got to cross oh. Park, which is a multiple yeah. lane one way where everyone goes fast and. You know, so it's it's all yeah. relative, but I I, um, I do think it's it's, it's nice. It must have been nice to see the kids just blasting around, not having to worry about any of that. It was um, amazing, you know, was which great. is why uh, hopefully everybody gets on board with this uh, mythical unicorn velodrome that might show up in <laughs> Minneapolis. I talked about last episode. Yes, immediately mythical. after we recorded that, I popped open like something dumb like LinkedIn or something. And there's an article on there about how Hartford, Connecticut is also trying to get like a velodrome. I can't think of any city that deserves it more than Hartford, Connecticut. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 30 years after the whalers left, you're going to get a velodrome. Like our velodromes (laughs) coming back. Is this like a new hot thing that people like, that's what I'm saying. uh, Fixed gears are back. Maybe Tim's on to something. We had the, yeah, we had the Tim, we had the email last week. Like, I mean, we he's got the fast, Panasonic. We know fashion and fads run in 30-year cycles. That's true. <laughs> and our podcast is, eh, hold if on a little boys, bit longer. We're going to come back in fashion. If Hartford gets a velodrome. You moving? I'm not moving. I'm only half an hour away. Yeah. Um, Are you really only a half an hour away from Hartford? Yeah, it's like crazy. maybe 40 minutes. Yeah. Not far. So close. So not close. far. Um, Do you consider yourself more Hartford than Boston? Uh, it's yeah it's a lot closer i mean i'm in massachusetts though so I, nobody likes connecticut i'm sorry connecticut <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, do you think like i doubt we have very many connecticut listeners well there can't be that many right <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah how many people live <laughs> there <laughs> statistically <laughs> speaking we probably got more in wyoming than uh connecticut I think I'm there's probably I'm gonna get emails. I, I'm yeah, really just, we've I'm sure we've got some, and they've well, like, they've like I've never written in, but now I'm never writing in. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I mean Connecticut knows Connecticut knows its spot. It's right between New York and 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 the whole Boston uh, thing, and they've they've kind of got it's 
it's a whole do you, thing. Do you up rate here. Connecticut less than the state of New York? Oh, certainly, certainly. You do. I, I do. I, I, well, no, I don't. Let's just say <laughs> dig, New dig England. Dig your hole, Spencer. Let's no, 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 let's, New England. No. Like these are these are New England stereotypes from New Englanders. I okay. famously Midwesterner. Yeah. yeah. I don't I know mean, anything about this. If I was to ask you your bottom five states, I know Florida is probably in the top one. Um, yes, like, <laughs> without a doubt. Is Connecticut in the top five or um, bottom five? In this? I don't know if I should be calling these out. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Really? I like a lot of parts of Connecticut. Actually, are pretty nice. Um, really? What's the nickname for Connecticut? I have no idea. The connect Connecticut. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and uh, help you out a little bit, Spencer. It's the nutmeg state. Um, oh, that makes perfect sense. Okay, if you had to rank New England states, uh-huh. is Connecticut? At or below New Hampshire? Well, let's see. Now you're opening a can of worms because there's a, there would be a debate immediately in Massachusetts about whether or not Connecticut even counted as a New England state. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah. therefore, it's less than New Hampshire. I'm abstaining from this conversation. Wow. Little guy. Yep. Connecticut, what do you think of it? What's your, what's your take? <laughs> I have almost no take because I have spent almost no time there. I've only driven through Connecticut. It's a very long drive through the east to west drive or west to east. Well, I haven't. I, would drive I haven't Island. always done it in the longest way. I mean, it's just like I've yeah. been going. I've gone, gone, uh, gone farther into just, in in to New England officially. I think, and so I've traveled through Connecticut to get Spencer there. Spencer won't so, take a stand on this. I think we can I don't all have agree. Any stand. That I don't think either me or little guy know anything good that's come out of Rhode Island, though. So, yo, what's Rhode Island like? Half the size of uh, oh, Rhode Island's an awesome place. I love it. Rhode Rhode Island's over eighty percent out of there. I don't know. Austin Trace is from Rhode Island. Deer Deer Uh, Tick is from Rhode Island. One of the greatest bands ever. (laughs) Deer Tick's good. I mean, my uh, (laughs) I'm from Rhode Island. Oh, there we go. My my mom's mom's side were from Rhode Island. The mm, Providence like Bruins years ago. So the P Bruins. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, you this, guys can make fun of Rhode this Island. This cycling all you want. podcast has taken a strange turn. Guys. Adam Meyerson is he from? He's got to be from Rhode Island. Are you just kidding? In Boston this whole time. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> from Brockton, Massachusetts. Is Brockton, Connecticut. Mm, I think. I think. <laughs> I think you should be. He did Have live in Portland, Maine for a while. See him if he hears this. He lived in Portland, Maine for a while. Also a uh, New England state. Okay. Just trying to figure it out. All right. Well, All right. do you guys have anything else to add about our uh, tour of New England? <laughs> I don't. I've spent no time in Connecticut. I'd, uh, I'd, I'd love to come explore your state. You find Connecticut people. Uh, write me at... Yeah. Wonderful, twisty, rolling roads. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it looks gorgeous, yeah. yeah. Unless you're on the 95 corridor, in which case it's not gorgeous. <laughs> I mean, if you're on any, yeah, you're on any interstate corridor, it's terrible. I think everything in Connecticut's within 45 minutes of Hartford, so it could be worse. Including me. Yeah, there you go. Well, gentlemen, it's been another fantastic podcast. Shout out to Jeff and Sally for making our week with the um, PDM K-Van. We also Incredible. want to give a shout out to Sep Cuss. Go get him, Sep. It's the it's the it's the sept the September to remember. September sure. to remember. We're on the I cusp bus. So. I need to check if the Volta ends on the twenty first of September because that would just be a great Earth, Wind, and Fire. It does not. Uh, <sighs> before that, right? Uh, well, we know Sep's going to be able to do it. We have our faith. That's a slow ride podcast guarantee. <laughs> that it's going to be a one, two, three jumbo podium. Um, but yeah. And uh, email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at the slow ride pod. Check out that video of the new van. And with that, this is Tim proudly from Rhode Island. Spencer's number one favorite New England state. Uh, this is Matt. Uh, I have a little bit of Rhode Island way back in my family history, but uh, no Connecticut in Minneapolis here. Wow. And this is Spencer in Massachusetts. 
in New England. I'm on the home team, guys. Just remember that. These other ones, they left. They're no longer here. They left. Four gener- six, seven generations ago we left. <laughs> in Holyoke, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. There's an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds, but we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation. Criterium Nation.